0: Welcome to Momentum Church. doing a series right now that is called Ghost Stories and wasn't completely intending on the series to lean so much just into the Holy Spirit, but we just have felt so led to go that direction. Amen? And so the Holy Spirit, uh, many of you, some of you, maybe not many, were raised up in churches back when we didn't call him the Holy Spirit. We called him the Holy Spirit ghost you know and and that's a little different i get it but that was the nomenclature that we used at that time and i'm still to this day people will say holy ghost and i want to speak to that a little bit but before i do let me go back to last sunday because i think it's going to set up our day today okay and so i said that you cannot cause a move of god to happen you just can't god is sovereign amen he's god all by himself So you can't cause a move of God to happen, but you sure can prepare for a move of God. You can get your heart in anticipation and get it ready for a move of God. And I told you last week, and I'll just reiterate real fast, we'll put it on the screen. There are three things you can do to prepare for a move of God. Um, There's many things, but three that I had last week was be where God tells you to be. And I am glad you are here this morning. Amen. If you're watching online, I am glad that this morning you have turned on the TV, opened up the iPad. You got your coffee, that liquid anointing. And you are ready to receive what God has for you right there in your room. And so I praise God. You are where you're supposed to be. You're there where God has told you to be. And then the second thing we saw last week, be there with a sense of anticipation. Be there with a sense like, God, what are you going to do? I think that our, our church services today, many times, because our faith today, doesn't expect God to do anything. Our faith today is just kind of complacent sometimes, myself included. And I go through life without an anticipation that God's going to show up and show out. And so with that, I go through life just kind of living that humdrum Christian life. But man, if you're looking all the time, God, what are you about to do? What are you about to do? God, you're about to speak. You're about to move. You're about to act. You're about to, and I just want to partner with that. And so that's the third part. The third is to respond when he shows up. To respond. And right now, we're talking about the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. And I want to give you the, the Hebrew word for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is Ruach HaKodesh. Everybody say that, Ruach HaKodesh. And next Sunday, I'm going to get into the HaKodesh part, all right, because that's the part that means holy. Everybody say holy. And there's something about the holiness of God that is powerful. And we're going to look at that next week, the power of the Holy Spirit to bring sanctification to our lives. But today I want to lean in on the ruach, all right? And that word ruach, it can mean a bunch of stuff in scripture. You see it translated in English as a lot of things. It can mean wind, all right? It can mean breath. That's another word. You'll see breath, you'll see the word ruach. It can mean spirit, where we get the word Holy Spirit. It can mean spirit. And so with that, wind, breath, and spirit I want to go all the way back to Genesis chapter 1 and kind of look at the Holy Ghost throughout scripture and how his engagement upon people upon us his creation kind of gives us a little bit of insight on what we need to expect or how we should submit ourselves to his leadership in our lives so the first thing we can see in genesis chapter 1 verse 1 through 2 we see in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void that's really key the earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep and the spirit of god was hovering say hovering over the face of the waters wouldn't you love to be at that moment in time To be at that moment, to be able to experience what God was doing, the earth was without form, with its void, and the Spirit is hovering over that place. Ooh, just to be able to see the Holy Spirit hover. Say hover. Man, I want this to be the place of His hovering today. There's some folk that have come in here today, you may feel formless, you may feel void, you may feel as if there's something missing. Darkness went across the face of the deep. You may feel that there's some dark seasons, and I just want this to be the place of his hovering, place where his breath, his ruach begins to move. Before we even go any further, Holy Spirit, this is your house. We want the wind of your spirit, Lord. We want the breathing, the moving, the hovering of your spirit to be over this place, Jesus. In your name we pray. And so we can see the Holy Spirit hovering over the face of the deep. We begin to see Jesus speak, or God speak. And as he speaks, things are made and created. Next thing you know, he reaches into the dirt. And he begins to take some dust from the ground. And in Genesis 2, 7, the Lord God formed. There's that word formed again. It was without form. Now he has a man that he is forming. He's making shape. He's creating. I like to say he's creating vessels that he can pour into, vessels that he can breathe into. And so man was formed from the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being right so before the breath of god came into the man that he had created the man was had a form right cuz he formed man from the dust of the ground he had a form but he did not have the breath of god he just had a vessel he just had a form in the third chapter of second timothy it says this about the last days and these are the days that we live in in the last days people will become lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. It goes on to say that those who become lovers of pleasure, in other words, everything that satisfies me, my my attention, the draw of my heart, my focus is on all those things that satisfy Me, The pleasures of life, my stuff. And I'm not saying God doesn't want you to have pleasures, but these are pleasures that are in opposition to the love of God. These are pleasures that causes you to lose focus on the person of God, the moving of God. And so what it says in the last days, these people become lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Then it says, these are people who will have a form of godliness, but without power. Do you see this? So he formed this earth. God begins to speak into that earth. The spirit begins to move over the face of the deep. God begins to create. And then he creates the apex of his creation. And with his own hands, he forms this little little clay cake of a man. That's all it was, this clay cake of a man. And that clay cake of a man is made in the image of God. But it doesn't move as God designed him to move yet, until the breath went into him, and then man became a living or a moving being. All right? So don't miss that. Until the breath came, there was a form of a man, but there wasn't the power that God intended for the man to move in. And I'm just going to say right now, when it comes to supernatural birth, when it comes to rebirth, when it comes to somebody becoming born again, it's the same way. God can bring you forth, but man, he's got to breathe his breath into you too. Or you just walk with a form of godliness and you deny his power at work in your life or through, through your life. And so I do believe at times, and, and I, I just feel such a bent, especially this year of the COVID stuff. I feel such a bent to push against modern Christianity. I do. I just, I just feel like the modern Christian environment, the modern Christian move, if you will, it, it has so much form. But man, we miss so much of the power of God in our lives. And and that's not for us to puff up our chest and say, well, look at us. We're we're really. No, no, no. That's for us to to get real humble, to get where God tells us to be, to anticipate God to move upon us personally, and then to begin to respond whatever he says when he breathes. We respond to, to that, all right? Because it was not until the breath of God came upon him that he began to be what God envisioned. And here's the thing about that. The man that walked in here, I'm going to tell you right now, you might have come in here as a gentleman, and you came in here, and you may feel at times that there's no breath in you, no life in you. But can I tell you right now, can I declare, the man that came in here today will not be the man that leaves in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The woman that came in here today, feeling as if I'm a form or a shell of myself, just a shell of myself. You are not going to be the same woman that leaves here today. Not because pastor's going to preach a real good sermon, although it's going to be a real good sermon. But because the Holy Spirit is going to breathe on this house. Praying and fasting have taken place this week as we've sought God to see the breath of God manifest on this house today. You're where God told you to be this morning. That's the first thing. You're preparing yourself for a move of God. Second, we've come into the sanctuary with an anticipation to encounter the Holy Spirit. And we can see here, when the Holy Spirit breathes into that clay cake, man becomes a living being. God wants us to live like never before. Amen? Amen. God breathed into him, he became a living being. The problem with that is the pleasures of the earth, the pleasures of the world. Remember the pleasures that we have, that we seek after? And so just like us, we struggle with it. It says in the last days we'll struggle even more. In the first part of creation, it wasn't long before man began with the lust of the eyes and the, the appetite of the flesh and and, and, and and the pride of life and all those things he began to press into, those pleasures and missed the love of God. This invitation to walk in the cool of the evening with the breath of God, the presence of God. But it wasn't enough, the love of God. And so they began to to press into their own desires and their own will. And and as you know, what ends up happening with that is decay and death. Maybe they didn't physically die right then, but things started to die. Sin entered the earth. This separation started to happen. It, It started to become, if you will, more and more difficult to find the cool of the evening. More and more difficult to experience the breath of God. And that wasn't on God, that was on us. And so that decay and that death, it led to a sense of hopelessness. And people in their hopelessness tried to fill it with all the things of this world. And it got to the point where destruction had to take place across the whole face of the earth. And God began over, if you will, with Noah's family. It continues on. But guess what? It doesn't stop. There's always God wanting to be king. There's always God wanting to be lord of our lives. There's always God wanting to move and have his way with us to show forth his power to the nations, if you will. But we as people, it's so easy for us to press into the pleasures that we desire. Those things that at times stand in opposition to God, or maybe it's not even sin, but it's just the idea of focus, and our focus gets on everything else but what God's doing in the moment. And that happened to the nation of Israel. And what we can see, turn your Bibles to Ezekiel chapter 37. What you begin to see is the hopelessness of a country that God allowed to go into exile. And so the Babylonian government, they come and they take the Israelites into exile. And Israel now is the middle of captivity. But God begins to speak to a prophet by the name of Ezekiel. And so Ezekiel is living in the city of Babylon. God begins to put a stirring in his heart. And I want us to look at this amazing ghost story. Talk about a ghost story. How many like skeletons? There's some old rockers like, yeah, I do. But no, most of us, I mean, I do not want to be anywhere where there's a skeleton. Like just walking in the woods and there's a skeleton. No, 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 not, not interested. I don't care if it's a cat. I don't care. It's weird when you see skeletons out, you know. I'm a hunter and I'll see things like that. And it's just, it's unsettling because it, it does. It speaks to this was something that was once alive. And now it's dead. I don't care if it's a buck. It's laying out there. They got hit by a car, and you see that carcass in the woods, and you're just like, it was majestic. It was full of power. It was full of life. It was vibrant. And now it's just this shell, this, this skeleton, this dry decaying. It's, it's kind of off-putting. It should be off-putting. It, it's, it's God's way, I think, of letting us know, I've called you to live and not die. I've called you not to have a form, but to walk in power. The, the, the idea of this skeleton, it should be a little bit scary and off-putting. And so let's get into this story. God begins to lead Ezekiel, verse 1. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit. And that word there is ruach, by the breath of God. He brought me out, and he set me in the middle of a valley, and it was full of bones. And he led me back and forth amongst the bones. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. Say very dry. In other words, these weren't just carcasses that had been laid there recently. These have been there a long time, dead, decaying, and now just dry bones in other words corpses long dead far beyond any hope of resuscitation that's what he showed him and in verse three he asked me son of man can these bones live and he he said to god sovereign lord you alone know and the, and the reason why i believe he said that is because when he saw those bones and he's asked that question can they live there's just a sense of hopelessness in him like lord only you know like i I can't see that. There's no way in my natural eye, in my natural mind, can I see that these bones can live. Can these bones live? And, and, and you know, God was right. He, he's like, you know, you're right. It's hopeless. But I have a plan. Watch this. Verse 4. He said to me, prophesy to these bones... Ezekiel was in the middle of this experience, too. So Ezekiel's going through all this, too. He's in exile, too. He is pushed aside, too. He is looked down upon, too, in this community. He is in the middle of this hopelessness, too. But God says to him, you prophesy. God told him. To speak well, well, he could have been afraid to speak because he's going through this stuff, and I can't. This is the stuff I'm going through. But he says, for him to prophesy, what's prophecy? What is prophecy? Is prophecy like I'm going to tell you tomorrow you are going to go, Chaz, to the bank and you're going to get a hundred dollars and you're going to bring it to Pastor and Pastor's going to treat you to a good steak with it? No, no, Jesus. No, prophecy is not foretelling. Most of the time in Scripture, especially the New Testament church, prophecy is foretelling. And what that means is it's a timely word from the throne of God. Now, there's times when the gifts of the Holy Spirit will get involved and you might have a word of knowledge that comes into that prophecy. And so there's unique information that's laden in that timely word of God. There is times where a word of wisdom will come into that or discernment of spirits. And yes, there is times where there will be something that is foretelling, but that's not the norm. It's usually forthtelling, and it's God's way of saying, I see your situation and if I can reveal it, I can heal it. If, 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 I can, if I can put my finger on that in your life, your faith can rise and believe that I'm breathing on this situation. Get ready, get ready, get ready. The bones are about to rattle. Just hold up. That's what a timely word from God does. It's just, ooh, get, all right, God, what are you about to do? You're hearing that. You're sensing that. Your faith is increasing. It's rising. And so speaking what God is breathing in the moment, that's really what prophecy is. And in this moment, you can see God is trying to pull Ezekiel to a place that he is partnering with God and God's Holy Spirit. But it would be easy in the discouragement not to, to lament the bones, to complain about the bones, to talk to other folk about the bones. Well, our bones aren't as dry as their bones, We got a pretty good church. That church is really dead. I don't want to have a pretty good church. I don't even care if you ever compare us to another church in this city or anywhere else. I just want a move of the Holy Spirit. That's all I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And maybe, maybe that touch on us will flow over. Who knows? I just know at times the church, the modern church, very, very dry, very dry bones. And so in the middle of this dryness, this death, this decay, God begins to speak to Ezekiel to prophesy. And Ezekiel is smart. Verse 7, so I prophesied as I was commanded. Isn't that good? I think more would happen from God if we just anticipate him to speak. And when he does, just do what he says. Respond. And so we see that here, and I love that. He I prophesied I was committed, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones together started to come, the bone to bone. And I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. We're going to get to that, all right? But let's not rush past this. This is really fun. In other words, he began to speak before this thing, these things become alive. He he began to speak when it was still in a place of, of, of being created, being formed, being worked on. He began to speak. Sometimes you gotta speak the word when things aren't going good. Sometimes you gotta think speak the word when everything still feels a little crazy. Sometimes you gotta speak the word when things still feel a little disjointed. Amen? And so we speak his word. As he gives that timely word, we begin to speak it. And what I love about this, this idea of tendons, those things in your life that seem disjointed, God is speaking to today. The flesh starts to come upon those tendons. What is that? That's the muscles, the flesh, in other words, the things in your life that you feel like you're struggling with and you have no strength with, guess what? God is about to bring some muscle upon you today, amen? Yeah. Some flesh upon you today. It goes on. The skin begins to form around that, that flesh. Do you realize in our world right now there is such identity crisis, it's not even funny. And that's not just out in the world, that's in the church too. Identity crisis of all sorts. Everything from sexual crisis of identity to just the identity of esteem to confidence. The enemy would love for you not to walk in the confidence that comes when the breath of God begins to fill you. The enemy would love for you not to have skin. I wouldn't know you if you didn't have skin on you. Right? God wants to give you identity back, amen? that you would look more like Jesus, that you would walk more like Jesus, that 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 flesh, people would see you and say, that looks like Jesus. And so we can see here in this story, God is just showing him this vision of all this stuff coming back. And then verse nine, then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breath, From four winds, the word wind there, the four winds, it is ruach. This isn't just the winds of nature. I'm not talking about mother nature, people. I'm talking about Holy Spirit, Father God, showing up, breathing into our lives. Amen? And so the four winds, and breathe into these slain that they may live. There was a form. God breathed into man. Man became a living being. Sin destroyed that living being. God comes through Jesus, rebirths us okay but don't stay there don't just be tendons and muscle and skin now I look like Jesus I know but Jesus said there would one would come that will baptize you with fire there would be one that would come that would touch you in such a way that it will give you power to be a witness There'd be one that would come that you would flow both with his fruit representing my character in the earth and his gifts representing my power in the earth. There'd be one that would animate the church. The church needs to live again. Can you see how all that works? He said to me, prophesy, breathe. And the breath came into those things that were slain and they were able to live And I love this. Ezekiel's so good. Verse 10, so I prophesied as I was commanded. Do you see that? I responded when he speaks. I respond when he speaks. I told you last week, if he tells you in worship to dance, you dance. If he tells you to worship in worship, to to shout, you shout. If he tells you at racetrack gas station to stand there and be late for your pre-service church meeting... By about 20 minutes, because a man that's in his 70s with one finger wanted to talk to you. That could happen. <laughs> you stand there and talk. I was so late today to come because I met a new friend. And we began to talk about God and God's goodness. And, and yes, he had one finger, and that, that's a whole other story. And it was, it, it was this finger which cracked me up. I was just like, to be given that pass, you know what I'm saying? There's goods in everything. There's, I mean, you can find the good in everything. The man was given a pass, people. It's his birth is how he was, I'm sorry. So, but I spent time with him, like 20 minutes with him, when I was supposed to leave, like, almost 20 minutes before that, you know. And, and, but I felt led of the Holy Spirit to do that. I don't know why. I still don't know exactly why. I don't know if he needed the breath of God in him in that moment, or if I need the breath of God in that moment. But I just know I needed that moment with him. And I think God will show me what that means, all right? So, but when God says something, you just respond. And so I prophesied as he commanded, and breath entered them, and they came to life, and they stood up on their feet as a vast army, all right? So watch this, you might see a pile of bones, but God sees a strong army already standing. When it comes to your life, your marriage might feel like a pile of bones, Your health, your finances, the calling of God on your life, your job situation may feel dry, may feel like a pile of bones, but God sees in that pile of bones an army already standing. He already sees strength and power and ability. He already sees the tendons, the muscles, the skin coming, and then he starts to breathe on that. And so Ezekiel 37, 11 through 14, he said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up, and our hope is gone, we are cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say. All right, so here's the problem. This is us, and these bones, they're dry, and it's us. Well, therefore, prophesy and say. Sometimes talking about something won't fix it, but sometimes you need to talk to it. All right, so you don't talk about it, you talk to it. The situation you're going through, you don't go talking about it, talking about it. If you haven't talked to God about it, if you haven't heard his voice on it, and when you hear his breath, his voice on it, then you begin to speak and declare that. Amen? Not the gossip, not the complaining, not the the, the mully grumps, although at times we go through discouragement and despair, and we bring that to the Lord. I get that. But we speak what God is telling us to speak. Therefore, prophesy and say what? Say to them, this is what the Lord sovereign says. My people, I'm going to open your graves. Man, I like that. Let's stand to our feet. I just like that right there. I just almost could just stop just for a little bit. My people, I'm going to open your graves. Hmm. Hallelujah. I will bring you back to the land of Israel, and then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. Do do you know what making God known on the earth really is? It's the gospel. It's the good news. That's really what made, like when we press into his death burial resurrection and soon coming the gospel message when we really press in and live like that like we have a savior that's been born a savior that's risen a savior who is coming again and we live in light of that that kind of anticipation the gospel takes place his who he is is made known in the world all right well where are you going with this ross god wants to make himself known can i just say it this way when it comes to the church that is a form that denies the power of God, the world is not needing a new definition of the gospel. I'm going to be teaching on this next week. i going to talk about God and his separation for us to do his work, his purpose. Don't miss next week. We're going to be talking a lot about grace. I love grace. This is a grace place. Amen. But people have used grace abusively. I'll explain what that means next week. And so we don't need a new definition of the gospel. What the world needs is a new demonstration of the power of the gospel. And that comes by the Holy Spirit breathing. Because watch verse 14. I will put my spirit in you and you will live. And I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. God wants to breathe on us today. You may not feel like there's a way, but as long as there's some bones and the breath of God, there's hope. Amen? And So I want you to begin to prepare right now for what God wants to do. And I'll just tell you where we're headed. I want, during this next song, it's such a song of anticipation. I didn't even realize it until the Thursday night I came into worship practice and I was listening to him sing it. And I'm like, oh, you couldn't have picked a better song. It's a song called Miracle or Miracles. And as I go through this last little bit, I just pray we are where God wants us to be, amen? I pray you'll start to have a sense of anticipation that God's gonna touch you here today, amen? And if as I speak, God starts to stir your heart, what I tell you, the third thing is we respond to him. What I want you to do is come to this altar and from the left side of this room to the right side of this room, just stand before the presence of the Lord Worship during this song with anticipation. Stand like dry bones ready to receive a breath from God. Amen. And you may say, Pastor, I've come a little bit further. I I may not feel like a pile of bones, all right? But maybe you feel like that. Some might feel like a pile of bones, but you're ready for God to breathe on you. Others may say, Pastor, I have some tendons. You know, they're starting to come on, but but things in my life just aren't coming together. Things in my life just seem disjointed. For other people, it may be that you feel like you're going through life without strength. Maybe you just are saying, Pastor, I know I'm a believer, but I don't believe I've ever been baptized in the Holy Spirit the way Jesus said, with power. I don't know if I've ever received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is a great place for that to happen. Amen? So you're looking for muscle, flesh, strength. Maybe for others, it's that skin. Maybe you still to this day just feel uncomfortable in your own skin, whatever that might be. Somebody says, are you a Christian? And you're just kind of like... I It's just, it's just it's weird for you. You know you are, but there's some sense of, of weakness there, some sense of, like, why can't I be strong in my faith? That can be an identity thing. It may be self-esteem or confidence, like I said. It may just be that you struggle with who God is calling you to be and what he is calling you to do. God wants to put that skin on you today. But listen, these skeletons in this story, you can see the skeletons moved, All right? But they were not empowered until they were breathed on. God wants to breathe on you today. And I believe we come where he says to come. And I'm just giving us an invitation. This is our heart saying, yeah, 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 Lord. Do you have to come to the altar? Listen, if you're worried about COVID, and you can stay in your seats, all right? And we'll minister to you in a little bit. And I don't want anybody coming and praying right now uh, for these people right now. This is just for them to seek God right now. All right? Let him have his way in their heart leonard ravenhill in his book why revival tarries he said that ezekiel did not make his mistake he didn't see the skeletons and make a mistake of commotion for creation nor action for unction nor rattle for revival he, he talks how it was great that this skeletons came to be and all this stuff happened But it wasn't until the breath of God. Before that, they had eyes, but they couldn't see. They had hands, but they couldn't fight. They had feet, but they weren't walking. In other words, they had a form, but were not moving in the power of God. Sound familiar? Yeah, yeah. There needed to be one last thing. One last thing. There needed to be the ruach, the wind of God. Can I just say God doesn't want you satisfied being a skeleton army? not individually, and he doesn't want us as a church to be a skeleton so, army. So get ready, because God is going to breathe on this house today. What does that mean? I believe today we can expect miracles to take place. Man, just start coming right now. If that's you, just start coming. We're going to worship here in just a little bit. Just start coming right now. Come with boldness. Come with boldness. Jesus spoke, and those things begin to rise up and begin to take their place. Come and start taking your place at this altar right now. Come on right now at this altar right now. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. He's going to breathe on this place. We're where you're telling us to be, God. We're coming with anticipation. And Lord, we're going to be ready to respond when you show up. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.